When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we're rocking out with the <laughs> Rockstars, girl. Oh, hell yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are on book 72, listeners. And it's uh, it's got um, rock and roll. It's, I mean, there's hanging out by the pool. It's uh... <laughs> It's got Lila playing the marimba. It's got the ghostwriter not really understanding what a marimba is, as far as I could tell. Very much not. <laughs> it's uh, It's got Nicholas Morrow being a dickhead. Oh, nothing's changing there anyway. Well, At least he's changed. consistent, you know. Well, good point, yeah. Nicholas um, and his yacht and the implication. No. Oh my God. He <laughs> the SS implication. Full Dennis Reynolds, as I think my notes say in all caps at one stage. Oh, God. But let's dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. And the cover tagline is, who's the new girl at Sweet Valley High? Ooh. (laughs) She's the rock star's girl. I I guess so. (laughs) One way or another, she is a rock star's girl. True. Uh, So our, our kind of back cover tagline then is simply, looks can be deceiving. I mean, they're deceiving if you're very dim and have a kind of a... Absolutely, like a sewer. <laughs> yeah. Um. So here's the big blurb. Jessica can't believe it. Her idol, rock star Jamie Peters, has moved to Sweet Valley. If only she could meet him. Her career as a star <laughs> in inverted commas, listeners, in inverted commas. Her career as a star would really take off. Peeking through the bushes bordering his estate, hoping to find a way to talk to him, Jessica sees something shocking. Andrea Slade, the quiet new girl at Sweet Valley High, is lounging by the pool with Jamie, and she's acting as if they are more than just good friends. I mean, she isn't. Thank fuck. Because otherwise this would be... This makes it sound creepy, yeah, and it's not. It's absolutely not creepy. She literally, spoiler alert in case anybody thinks there's going to be something disturbing in this book. She gives him a kiss on the cheek. It is completely normal. Um, Anyway, apparently that's more than just good friends, Jessica. 
And uh, the blurb ends with, Could a 16-year-old nobody like Andrea really be a rock star's girlfriend? Ouch. <laughs> I mean, depressingly, in real life, the answer is probably yes, especially then. But luckily for us, in this book, the answer is no. Thank God. <laughs> no, yeah. Jesus Grim. Well, the cover is... <laughs> quite the feast for the eyes oh this is we've had a pretty good run of covers i feel like lately yeah. we're on a real kind of streak of fucking dynamite covers and this one is up there it's so good so yeah even though i suppose andrea isn't like you know the first person you think of when you think of sweet valley high she's given us plenty to look at on this cover like oh. she is cool as shit she's deadly yeah um so yeah it's andrea and jessica on the cover um and i will say jessica for once is actually dressed like something approaching a teenager which i do appreciate she i wear that top yeah she's wearing a little tank top it's got purple and white little uh, thin stripes on it lavalier of course on show uh she's wearing jeans then andrea beside her uh she's so cool like she's way too cool for sweet valley to be honest why does she like it so much go back to new york andrea Um, yeah so she's got uh, like long her hair is like shoulder length but longer than Jessica's we'll say Mm. and it's got lovely waves she's really cool she's holding a guitar even though there's no mention of her ever playing the guitar or being interested in music herself true Um, true. she's wearing a black kind of crop top it's like a halter neck crop top uh, it's so deadly. Um, she's wearing a necklace. Actually, yeah, it's it's not unlike it's like the Wakefield lavalier. It's just yeah, it's just really long. Um, so yeah, long pendant, a big chunky black belt with her jeans. Mm. She looks really cool. Um, this is a great cover. Yeah, it is a great cover. And uh, yeah, she like we said, she's too cool for these saps and sweet valley <laughs> high. And yet somehow she is just very eager to be not only accepted by them but to stay there forever well that's how it rolls if you move to sweet valley you know you can check it anytime you like <laughs> you can never leave ever <laughs> oh her hair is great it's like it a is. golden it's, brown i've got my yeah. hair envy it's an un- unusual example of some good sweet valley hair best hair since lynn henry i think oh i think you're right mm. oh my god it's the guitar girls are giving <gasps> us the good hair True. Wow. Actually, wow. so this is yeah. She's the, the second instrument holder. holder. You know, she's not playing it. <laughs> yeah. And there's no references to her being at all interested in playing guitar. But look, it, it looks cool. So we'll give her that. <laughs> it does. And uh, she is a, uh, um, you know, she actually has a personality, uh, which I I think she is quite likable apart from her obsession with Sweet Valley. Yes, very true. Obviously, we don't approve of. <laughs> well. The story begins in the locker room and Enid is losing her damn mind. Oh, she's so excited. Uh, Green eyes are shining and everything. This is such a huge (laughs) development for poor Enid, who clearly has fuck all going on at the minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she runs up to Liz and she's like, you'll never guess who I had lunch with today. Like, it's this massive deal. And uh, Liz is like, ooh, let me guess. Someone cute, funny, available and male. Uh, Because, you know, Enid's a massive horn dog now that she's single. Um, And I love how consistent that is actually across books and tv show <laughs> very much so i mean that but i mean i would not be surprised if in the tv show we saw the butterfly net yeah <laughs> it would I, fit right in yeah i think he did a tv edith who i we much prefer to book edith i think tv edith could pull it off 
definitely. Uh, well, she's basically when, Je- when Liz says this, basically like chance would be a fine thing, and uh, <laughs> asks Liz to guess again. And uh, by the way, we're reminded of what an amazing writer Liz is, and we're told that even though her schoolwork and her longtime boyfriend Todd Wilkins were her priorities, she always made time to perfect her craft. No. The craft that's, how be, that's, how, that's how you become a professional writer, apparently. apparently. Oh, that's where I'm going wrong. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, perfecting writing eyes and ears. G- good luck with that, Liz. <laughs> um, but uh, Edith says it wasn't a date and she's sad about that because we're told she's more than a little interested in meeting someone new. Certainly is. Uh, but yeah, she's been with the new girl in town. Yeah, so this new girl who's just moved here from New York City, Andrea Slade. <laughs> Edith just rescued her from the clutches of Bruce Patman. <laughs> That's literally actually what she says, isn't yeah. it? The clutches of Bruce. Fantastic. Yeah, apparently um, Andrea was sitting all by herself at one of the lunch tables, completely defenseless, and he pounced on her <laughs> with the grace of a young lion, I can only assume. Oh, of course, of course. It's how he rolls. Um, but uh, yeah, she obviously has good taste because she was grateful when I came over and sat down with her. Uh, so Liz thinks this is hilarious because, as we know, Bruce has a huge ego and thinks he's, oh yeah, he thought he was God's gift to girls. <laughs> mm, well, I mean, he does. And and uh, uh, yeah, Enid sings Andrea's praises and tells Liz that she's so excited about living in Sweet Valley. Every little detail seems to blow her away. And of course, Liz is like, well, it is a great place to live. Who could ask for more? Perfect weather all year round, gorgeous beaches. And then Enid says, maybe you should write brochures for the local chamber of commerce. I'm surprised she doesn't already. I mean, she's one woman tourism board, isn't she? All she ever fucking writes about is how amazing Sweet Valley is. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, she's um, she's delighted to hear that uh, that Andre is a Sweet Valley fan, and she sympathizes with the thought of you know starting a new school in the middle of the year. And Edith says they should ask her to join them at the beach that weekend, so she can you know get a taste of Sweet Valley life. But speak of the devil, Andre ap- uh, appears, and she's of course gorgeous. I mean, of course, if she's going to be staying around Sweet Valley, she'd fucking better be. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, apparently she's even prettier uh, up close than Liz had judged from uh, her one glimpse of her the week before. <laughs> Fucking Liz. <laughs> but yeah, Andrea is slender and tall with a wonderful mop of blonde curls cascading down to her shoulders. Her blue eyes were wide set and fringed with dark lashes and she had a lovely peaches and cream complexion. Well, Elena introduces this beauty to Liz <laughs> and Andrea grins and says, that makes two people I've met today. I'm not sure I got Bruce as a person. No. Liz likes her immediately. She's gas. Like she's actually funny, and there's very few characters in this Mm. are actually properly funny. True. Um. So yeah, if it wasn't for her terrible taste in boys, because she may not like Bruce, but she likes somebody almost as bad, (laughs) uh, she we'd we'd be very much team Andrea, I think. I think so. Yeah. I mean, look, everyone has their flaws, so we'll just have to to get on with it. But as as Sweet Valley characters go, I think we're we're on board with her. Well, after gym class, Enid asks Andrea to join them at the beach that weekend and Andrea happily accepts, saying she can already tell that having a tan is an absolute necessity here. I've still got my East Coast pallor. I mean, keep some sunscreen, Andrea, because don't join them in getting like roasted into a leather handbag by the time you're 20. <laughs> Skin cancer is a thing, Andrea. For real. You've got a peaches and cream complexion. Oh, very true. Mind it. Yeah. <laughs> so like I mean, the towel ones. Mind no. that skin. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Andrea is um, is delighted at the thought of hanging out and Liz offers, her to give, offers to give her a lift to the beach and not, I mean, this is an unusual question, asks whereabouts she's living, where her new house is. And Andrea is just a little bit hesitant. Yeah, a little bit uh, because, yeah, Liz offers to pick her up um, and says, yeah, my car's a squeeze for three, but if you don't mind that, Enid and I can give you a full scale tour. But like bearing in mind, it's a two seater car. So it means, hey, Andrea, come out and hang out with us and sit on Enid's lap, basically. (laughs) In our death trap of a car. (laughs) With no seatbelts. Oh, God. (laughs) So yeah, understandably, Andrea's like, no, no, I'll meet you there. (laughs) I'm definitely team Andrea here. Um, Yeah, so she just says, look, my house is a real mess at the minute and we can barely find the front door with all the boxes um so they decide to pick just a spot on the beach to to meet up uh, so she'll make her own way there yeah and when she goes Enid and Liz rave about her and how genuine and sort of no nonsense she seems and they decide they've made a fabulous new friend no so Liz arrives home at the Castle Doll Wakefield to be greeted by our fave Wakefield Prince Albert. Oh, love to see Prince Albert in the mix. He's so yeah. great. Barking with excitement to see her because no one ever fucking takes him for a walk. Yeah. Oh, well, justice for Prince Albert. Free the, the Spanish child one. <laughs> yeah. Free the Calico Drive one. <laughs> Bring him to the beach for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're going to the beach this weekend. Take your dog. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, we get a twin comparison. And then Liz realizes that Jess is skiving off dinner as usual. Um, and her excuse is frankly feeble. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, she is going to Lila's house. Um, because because Lila has a new Japanese CD player. <laughs> and Jessica cannot wait to uh, to listen to the new Jamie Peters album. She's not even playing it in her own house. She has to take it over to Lila's Japanese tech. I guess, yeah. I mean, the CDs do seem like new technology at the minute, so I guess that's where we are in terms of, um, I suppose, Lila's... It's the early 90s. It is, yes. I don't understand how Jessica would buy a CD if she doesn't have a CD player. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Although she did buy it at Records Plus, which is exciting because, you know, the music shop has some competition. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, (laughs) maybe the Records Plus only sells the Plus and the Plus are (laughs) CDs. Well, we're told that Jamie Peters was featured on the cover holding a microphone and wearing sunglasses. His shoulder-length blonde hair was pulled back in a ponytail. He was wearing a tight t-shirt which emphasised his lean, muscular arms. And Elizabeth laughs when she sees the title of the album, Pride, and says, pretty appropriate title for a rock star like Jamie Peters. And uh, Jess gets very defensive of old Jamie. (laughs) Yeah, she reckons he's uh, the the greatest male vocalist of the entire decade and that he's so gorgeous. (laughs) Well, Liz says Jessica owes her one like that means anything with Jessica um, for, you know, taking over dinner duty. And Jessica raves about Jamie's song, Doing It All For You. Uh, Apparently the lyrics go, Whatever you say, whatever you think is true. Whatever it is, girl, I'm doing it all for you. That's how I imagine Jamie's Peter's music is. It's quite cheesy. Oh my god, amazing! I love it. I think it. I mean, I don't get the sense he's like particularly cutting edge. He doesn't. He doesn't sound cool, does he? He's got Bon Jovi vibes. <laughs> Well, we cut to Fowler Crest, where Lila's in dramatic mode. 
Oh my god. Uh, yeah, she's just screaming about how <laughs> Jamie Peters has got to be the sexiest man alive. Look at his eyes. Look at his chin. She's just, uh, yeah, freaking out about she, how amazing he is. Um, she literally cries in mock anguish. I can't stand it. Oh my god. Calm down, Lila. But yeah, like Amy is so funny that she's the voice of reason kind of for a lot of this book. Yeah, she's she just is. like... She's like, listen to yourself, Lila. You sound like a lovesick baby. Only teeny boppers get crushes on rock stars. I mean, this is more than a crush with her and Jessica and Lila. It's more like an obsession. It's, yeah. And uh, Jessica, Jay, Jessica has a magazine with a big cover story on Jamie that says, Jamie Peters, who's the one he's doing it all for? Verdi, <laughs> uh, the, the photo shows him leaning up against a brick wall. His arms folded. Um, so, uh, yeah, Amy is mocking the others, as you said, and she thinks she's a, like showbiz royalty because her mother is a local TV sportscaster. <laughs> but when they put the album on, even Amy's kind of spellbound by Jamie Peters' smooth tones. She does change her tune, actually. Yeah. And I think even when she's actually properly looking at the big spread in the magazine, she does soften a bit and she's like, OK, I admit it, he's gorgeous. Um there was a funny bit when they're trying to guess what age he oh, is. Oh, yeah. Where, where um, yeah, Amy wonders, how old do you think he is? And Jessica's like, 25, <laughs> straight away. And then he says, no way, he's about 40. He's got eye wrinkles, apparently. <laughs> yeah, look at those little wrinkly lines around his eyes. There's no, that's no 25-year-old. So Jessica goes, yeah, okay, fine. Maybe, maybe 30, 35 max. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jessica seen something in the in the interview that really gets her excited because it turns out that Jamie might be moving from music to movies. Ooh, yeah, they reckon that he might uh, he might make a, a cross country move uh, for such a a career change. And uh, yeah, apparently he says something like uh, that he likes California and wouldn't mind trading East Coast winters for perpetual sunshine. Mm. So Lila, of course, says that maybe he'll move to Sweet Valley. But Amy says, this is a town for families, not for sexy singers. <laughs> and uh, then they all get um, very excited about a bit where Jamie is hesitant to discuss his private life. Because apparently the first song on his new album is called Little Girl. Now, obviously, this is about his daughter. If it was not, it would be quite a creepy title. Grown so man. creepy. That's what I wrote down. I was like, okay, but it would be very creepy if a song called Little Girl was about someone he was boning. Come on now. Yes. <laughs> so let's all breathe the sigh of relief that Jamie Peters is not a creep, but it has to be said that the projections some people make about him are creepy. Very true. Um, but even though, yeah, but even the way that the, the music magazine talks about his song, it's like, is there a special woman in his life, you know, because of this song, Little Girl? It's like, oh, guys, come on. Peace out. <laughs> Um, so uh, the we get a quote from the the article and it says, "What the, was there a special woman in his life? We could tell the question disturbed him. Jamie Peters is famous for keeping his personal life under wraps. All we were able to glean from him were the most basic facts. He married his childhood sweetheart, a beautiful singer named Karen Ross, with whom he cut an album the year they were married. Twelve years ago, Karen was killed in a private jet, crashed in the Adirondacks. Is that how you pronounce it? Adirondacks." Adirondacks? Adirondacks? I don't know. Let us know, <laughs> listeners. Since then, Jamie Peters has been a per different man. When we asked, all he'd say was that, yes, there was a special girl in his life. Uh, okay, how did the media not know that they had a four-year-old child? And actually, we later find out, spoiler alert, that 
once somebody who Andrea thought was her friend was just using her because her mother was a showbiz reporter. So how is it not common knowledge that he has a teenage daughter? Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I mean, some celebrities do pull it off a good bit of secrecy in terms of like whether they're actually having a baby or what their Mm. baby's name is or what they look like. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that they've had a baby pretty much never manages to be fully kept secret. Like Not for 14 years. Certainly not. Not not when like this kid is going to school and her daughter and her, you know, her friend, her friend's class on her classmates parents are journalists like. It, I just don't understand how it hasn't come out. How it didn't come That's out when so beautiful true. Karen Moss was killed in a, in the mount, mountains we can't pronounce. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, maybe just in this universe, everyone's a terrible journalist and this is why Liz actually stands a real chance oh, at making a name for Very good point. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> okay, true. Well, let's suspend disbelief. Yeah. So uh, Amy thinks they're mad for thinking they could possibly have a chance with them if you move to Sweet Valley. But uh, the others are raving about imagine hearing those songs on the radio, knowing they're all about you. And I just love the way Amy just keeps putting a damper on things because she says, you guys aren't very realistic about the way songs get written. I don't even wrote those lyrics. Maybe you collaborate with someone else. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Lila is enraged. And then she drops a bombshell. Oh, God, yes. She actually gets properly angry at this mm. point and uh, says, you know, I happen to know a lot more about uh, music than you do, <gasps> especially now that I've decided I'm going to be a professional musician. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the others don't take her seriously. In fact, Jessica thinks Lila Feller, a musician? It seems a little hard to believe. And uh, they're even more amused when they find out that she hasn't even decided what instrument she's going to play yet. Oh, God. Um, yeah, because she says that she's, uh, yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Because yeah, Amy says, what are you going playing the tuba? Mm. And um, Lila, in her usual uh, haughty self, says that she's uh, she's got a lot of musical talent and that her music teacher says it's only a matter of time before we decide which instrument will be my speciality. So she hasn't actually got around to that point yet. <laughs> um, um, but uh, yeah, Max Sharp is her, her music teacher and uh, that's how he works. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the best instructors in the country. Mm. So he doesn't believe in inhibiting the natural talent of his students. But actually, I have to say that, like, his approach involves listening to different pieces, you know, seeing what she responds to, trying out different sounds. That actually sounds like a good idea. So I sort of team Max Sharp. That is fair enough. Yeah, I guess. It is just funny that Lila's like, I'm going to be a professional musician. And it's like, oh, what do you play? I Uh, don't know yet. (laughs) Oh, I mean, this whole story is highly amusing. But uh, (laughs) um, Jessica and Amy are also highly amused. And Lila basically boots them out saying they don't understand real music. True. Yeah, she actually says to Jessica, take your disc and leave. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica doesn't care because she just wants to go home and listen to Jamie Peters. So she does have a CD player. There you go. Oh, okay. Um, So we cut to Friday night and Liz and Todd are settling down to have a movie night. When who should come in with Jessica to commandeer the TV and why? Well, there's a Jamie Peters special on MTV. (gasps) An actual real station. An actual station and an actual current reference. Like, could this be the first actual current reference that they've ever made because even when they talk about actresses it's like some random 1930s old-time Hollywood actress (laughs) that we've never fucking heard of is like their go-to point for oh she looks like that woman (laughs) and like Mick Jagger is the guy that Jessica was going to go dancing with in New York like they literally never have an actual early 90s reference for anything so I was just very excited to see MTV turn up there I have to say yes me too 
Uh, well, Jamie reveals that he is, uh, he's moving to California and he is hoping to work on movies because that'll, you know, uh, be, California could be his base. And he's asked again about a special girl. I love how they keep just saying special girl instead of girlfriend, all these interviewers. Uh, so he's asked, does he have a special girl in his life? And he says, I like to keep my private life uh, private, but she is incredibly special. I'd do anything for her. <laughs> oh, if only you weren't so ambiguous, Jamie. Also, how did these people not know you have like a 16-year-old child? That you have a daughter, I know, seriously. Who you haven't exactly <laughs> hidden. Like she's been going to schools where literally her problem has always been people just want to be friends with her because she's Jamie Peter's daughter. Because yeah, that's so true. It's so funny. I didn't even pick up on that. I was just so entertained by everything else. <laughs> well, next day, Liz and Edith meet Andrea at the beach, and she's worried about not being tanned enough. Uh, and I am amazed that Liz actually gives her some sunblock because I didn't think any of these uh, ridiculous people even believed in such a thing. Yes. So like, I was so happy again to see suntan lotion even mentioned. I think, yeah, my, my notes just say the first time in 72 books we've seen someone <laughs> use sun factor. Incredible. I know. It only <laughs> took 72 books. Literally 72 books because usually they just slather themselves in baby oil and it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Stop deep frying yourself in the sun for God's sake. Well, there are people using those reflector yolks. Oh, that always remind me of there's something about Mary. Oh yeah, Magda. Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, Andrea, please don't get tempted to do that. It's very, no. very bad for you. Um, <laughs> but she she loves the beach vibe. But she says she hated New York City where they didn't even have a garden and there were no trees. I mean, it's not like there isn't a giant fucking park right in the center of Manhattan. Like, Quite how, a could you, <laughs> how could you not find any trees? That's so true. It's like a notably giant park that everybody knows about. <laughs> So uh, she says that they moved around a lot when she was growing up, but now she never wants to leave Sweet Valley. And uh, Liz asks, which again, is not a weird nosy question, asks, oh, why did you move around so much? And she says, it's her dad's business. And when asked what, you know, what that business is, also (laughs) not a weird question. She says, just business. It's like Vincent Adult Man. (laughs) Doing a business. Yeah, that's what Jay, her dad does. Yeah. So she reveals that her mother died when she was pretty young and her dad is brilliant, but he's a bit of a workaholic and, uh, you know, she just hopes that they'll settle down. And Liz is impressed by her unsentimental honesty. Mm-hmm. So when they leave, Enid and Liz ask Andrea to join them at the Dairy Burger later. And she says yes. And Liz says, oh, cool, I'll pick you up. Um, You know, where do you live? And again, Andrea is particularly cagey she's even more cagey this time because they're like you don't know where the dairy burger is but you know you sure don't want to come with us um but she insists she can find her own way there and when she goes Enid wonders if this just business is uh, something dodgy which is actually quite a realistic conclusion to come to I suppose yeah yeah she's like yeah you don't think her father is involved in something illegal I mean, it is quite a jump, but also she has just been like, just a business. No, you, I don't, I don't know where I live. No. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, the, the, the just business thing is kind of weird. I like, I do feel like people do make a really big deal out of her just wanting to meet people at wherever the place is. Like yes. everyone's trying to pick her up from home and she's like, no, it's fine. I'll make my own way there. Yeah. But yeah, it's the fact that she was so vague about the business thing probably does make it seem a bit more suspicious. Yes. But uh, anyway, they're, they, they, they still think she's brilliant, and uh, she. But Liz does think that you know she seems to be hiding something. Mm. 
Back at the Castletown Wakefield, Liz tries to tell Jess about Andrea and how brilliant she is. Um, she re- She's really sort of trying to force Jessica throughout this book to like l- hang out with this I knew it stranger. Why? Like, Andrea's perfectly nice. Why are you trying to inflict that demon sister of yours on her the whole <laughs> way through? Like, leave her alone. <laughs> Well, luckily for Andrea, uh, Jessica only has eyes for Jamie Peters and says Andrea's probably not her type. <laughs> she's pretty rude about it. I mean, yeah, she's just, yeah. She, well, she does point out as well that you and I never like the same people, Liz. Look at Enid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, please, please inflict this absolute arsehole on your new friend you think is so cool mm-hmm. um, and Liz says you know join us at the Dairy Burger later but apparently Jess is going over to Lila's house because she's home alone and they're going to listen to Jamie and Liz doesn't get why she'd rather do that than hang out at the Dairy Burger with all their friends which is going to force her no, although it is funny that Jessica mentions that uh, she's practically memorised the whole first side of Pride, even though it's a CD. Oh, good point. There's, <laughs> a, slip lot, up there. there's a lot of holes in this narrative, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll give them a pass because it is entertaining. We cut to nearly a week later and Andrea is totally part of the gang, beloved by all. She's... Yeah, she's playing a blinder. She's doing great. Um, Olivia says how much she likes her and that she has a real original sense of humour. It's like, yeah, she just has a sense of humour. <laughs> I mean, that is original for Sweet Valley. Because she's actually funny on purpose. Yes. <laughs> and when they're all hanging out at the cafeteria, she compares um, the cafeteria food to like the street food in, in New York City. And Olivia says, you know, why don't you write a piece comparing New York and Sweet Valley? I mean, that I'd like to read. Um, but Andrea is like, no, no, I'm not a writer. And then Olivia remembers something that her dad uh, mentioned the other night. Yeah, so Olivia's dad had mentioned that a new manager started working at his firm mm. uh, that week, but didn't say what his name was. But then she's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe this is your dad. And she's like, look, did he move here to take a job at uh, Phillips Corporation? Um, and Andrea's like, no, no. Uh, and she kind of looks embarrassed and says, oh, he's, uh, he's self-employed. So Olivia's like, oh, is he a writer? And again, then with the vague fucking business, this is, business This line, is hilariously vague. That says, no, Andrea fidgeted. He's just, you know, a regular self-employed businessman. <laughs> He's three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> He's not a rock star at all. And unsurprisingly, everybody's sort of like, huh? And they say... You know, he's an ordinary investor. And I mean, that would, I wouldn't know what that meant when I was 16. So I'd be like, okay, I guess that's, that's the thing. That, that actually would have answered any of my questions at the time mm. as well. I'd be like, oh, right, okay, that's something I don't understand. I have yes. no further questions. <laughs> and Winston asks, uh, you know, where, so where exactly are you living? Which I think if somebody had just moved to town, you would ask where they're living. Like it's a small town. Everybody knows where everything is. Yeah. Um, you it's it's not weird. I mean, I've had no. conversations with people where it's like, oh yeah, it's that road. Yes, around the corner. Yeah, from like whereabouts? Yeah, like where's your local? Like what part of the like literal town are you in? Yeah. <laughs> like that's all very normal conversation. And she is so hilariously vague because oh, she's Andrea. like, she says she doesn't know where it is, and they're like, well, is it near the sea? Is it the other side? And uh, it's like, well, I don't have any sense of direction. Bye. And it's so weird that Winston is like, shit, did I just put my foot in it? Like, did I say something wrong? Um, <laughs> and Olivia is also wondering, you know, is she always so cagey about where she lives? And Liz is like, oh, she doesn't know the town well, but she does think something's up because it is a bit insane to be 
arriving in school every day and apparently not know where you live. I mean, yeah, it is. It is a bit ridiculous. And yeah, I suppose the fact that she's being so cagey, it's very clear that she's holding something back at this yes. stage. Well, we cut to Wednesday and Amy and Jessica arrive to discover <laughs> what instrument Lila has chosen. Uh, Jessica also says I have to hand it to her it takes guts to start studying an instrument at her age it's like she's 16 she's literally still a child what is this at her age business uh, um, so they arrive and the maid shows them to the new music room oh god I mean, yeah Amy's like I didn't know the Fowlers had a music room they didn't <laughs> Yes, uh, it, Lila has transformed one of the guest rooms in the Fowler's mansion and she's put posters of classical musicians and some rock stars and <laughs> a music stand stood in one corner of the room a sheet music lay in heaps on the floor in the middle of all this Lila was sitting perfectly still her back straight her hands poised and ready over what? Over something that looked to Jessica like a cross between a zither and a guitar. I mean, that isn't a marimba. No, because that's um. <laughs> they uh, they go on to uh, to ask what the hell is this? <laughs> because uh, Lila's like, oh, come in. You're my very first audience. <laughs> Want to hear me play the opening notes to Jesus, Son of Man's Desiring? <laughs> I, I know. I, Amy's like, do we have a choice? <laughs> Apparently they don't. But yeah, she kind of, um, they go on to describe like Lila plucking at the metal strips stretched over the hole of the strange wooden instrument. And when they ask what it is, uh, Lila's like, it's an African instrument, Amy. You know, if you knew more about music, you'd recognise it. It's called a marimba. Like, that is not a marimba. A marimba is a more xylophone-like thing. It's a Even percussion. if you see a traditional version of it. Yeah. It has sort of keys that one strikes. Yeah, like it's a it's a big percussion instrument that you say, like, I've got Animal Crossing. I know what a marimba is. <laughs> <laughs> my villagers have played a marimba in my little okay. town. So. <laughs> well, uh, she um, she says, and actually, I mean, this is a good point. She says they're too unsophisticated to know anything about non-Western music, which I'm sure <laughs> is true. I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah, but uh, Lila is um, holding her head high through this whole exchange and reckons um, that, you know, they, they just don't they don't get it. Uh, mm. And she doesn't see what's so funny about it because they're in hysterics like at all of yeah. this. Uh, so she basically boots them out. Again. <laughs> yeah. They're going to regret mocking her and her remember playing. Yeah, Jessica reckons that uh, she's like, yes, yeah, so when you win the Miss Marimba Sweet Valley contest, you can tell us you told us so. <laughs> Meanwhile, Liz and Enid have taken Andrea to the mall, which is somehow more fun than going to like cool shops in New York. Just seems unlikely. A suburban mall <laughs> is more fun than New Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, if you say so. Liz I mean, it's it. it's been recently redesigned by Alice Wakefield, so there is oh, that. <laughs> there's, there's a whole new wing, and I don't think you're really appreciating the Valley uh, Mall for what it is. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm sure now. I now she's seen Alice's decor. Yeah. Mind flown. New York doesn't have the Alice Wakefield wing, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. Okay, fair enough. I take it all back. Well, who should appear but Nicholas Morrow? Oh, there he is now. So well, we get- yeah. <laughs> This fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get a little recap of uh, the whole, you know, tragic Morrow saga. And then we're told my father needed a new software program, so I ran over here to get it from Computer Whiz. Isn't there a company like a computer company? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so apparently they're getting their new software programs from computer whiz. And yeah, he's just, just popping out on his lunch break to get their new software. <laughs> you don't need a company contract or anything like that. No. <laughs> just, just pick up a copy. Maybe you get a CD-ROM. Pick up in Carita. Oh. Go mad. Oh, have memories. <laughs> Bit of mind maze. What harm? <laughs> Well, he and Andrea quickly bond over moving from the East Coast because she used to live in Boston where he used to live and they chat about sailing on the Charles and um, Andrea's delighted to know he loves to sail because so does she and she says, it was one of the things I really hate about living in New York. There wasn't any way to get out of the water except when my father took me out to Long Island. I mean, New York residents, correct us if we're wrong, but New York is literally on the Atlantic coast. It's there's so much water. What's she talking about? I've been on that Staten Island ferry <laughs> like three o'clock in the morning. That's the wow. experience I can tell you. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, you can go out in the sea in New in from New York City fairly easily. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any list any New York listeners. Let us know whether any local sailing clubs. But um, yes, I mean, it's not like you were living in Indiana. Like you were yeah. near the actual ocean. This is it makes it sound like she was in a landlocked state all this time and couldn't get near water, but like I would have thought New York is pretty handy to get out sailing mm. from. Well, uh Liz and Edid are, you know, kind of nudging each other at this uh, bonding session, uh, especially when Nicholas offers to take Andrea out on Ooh. his boat. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. <laughs> it's the implication. <laughs> It really is. So they're both all sort of like, oh, oh, yes, I would like to go out. Oh, being all <laughs> shy. And uh, Andre, of course, says yes. And Nicholas says again, he'll collect her on Saturday and take her to the marina. Um, I mean, why? Again, I do think it's it's weird that she's always pretending she doesn't know where she lives. But also, it is insane that he'd be like, obviously, I will collect you. It's like, why? Just meet her there. Yeah, no this is it like she's like yeah no it's it's fine but she she kind of deflects it pretty well because she just says that she's got a doctor's appointment uh, that oh, morning yeah. she's like I'll just take my car and meet you down at the marina so he's like okay great so it's not a big deal at this stage anyway for her to just meet him there um but yeah Liz and Enid are just kind of like nudging each other <laughs> in the background <laughs> while all this is going on and uh yeah Liz notes that uh Nicholas Morrow was the keenest new member of the Andrea Slade fan club but not even Nicholas was going <gasps> to be allowed to know where she lived <laughs> I mean, they are kind of all fawning over to a slightly bizarre degree. Mm, they've just never met a properly cool person before. Oh, do you know what? That is 100% <laughs> true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, she we, we cut to uh, the cafeteria the next day where Amy and Jessica are telling Cara all about Lila's marimba stardom dreams. <laughs> Man, who should appear but Lila? And she's got some sensational news. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, she's, yeah, they start taking the piss out of her immediately, of course. They're like, oh, was it, a, did you see a famous marimba player? <laughs> or is that a contradiction in terms? Mm. <laughs> but, um, so mean. No, yeah, so funny though. <laughs> but Lila's like, no, seriously. <laughs> she tells them that she was in town today at half 11 uh, because of, of reasons. And uh, yeah, when she eventually got down there, she saw somebody leaving the drugstore across the street and then quite smugly tells them that it was Jamie Peters that she saw. <gasps> 
Yes, and the others are not convinced. In fact, Kara asks, what kind of Novocaine does your dentist use, Lila? <laughs> Lila storms off again. Lila's she, like losing the rag constantly in this book. She does a lot of throwing people out and storming off all right in this book. Which I like. It's very enjoyable, but also everyone's taking the piss out of her way too much. <laughs> yes, justice for Lila. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jessica remembers that article and the, you know, Benham moving to California and wonders if Lila could be right. And uh, if so, how could Jessica get to see him before anyone else? Well, like Lila literally just saw him, so you wouldn't get to see him before <laughs> anyone else. Too late, Jessica. Keep up. Come on. Yeah, Lila's beat you, <laughs> as is right. Um, so when Jessica tells Liz about this Liz understandably thinks you guys have a pathological obsession it figures you've started seeing this man now oh my god you could just imagine them as like like directioners or you know those kind of really obsessive oh. One Direction fans or like I guess it's BTS fans now isn't it more so mm, than true. One Direction whatever the youth are into <laughs> whatever those kids are listening to those crazy kids those crazy the kids but yeah the whole music. the whole like camping outside the hotel and all this kind of carry on like that's the kind of level they're at very much so. Well, um, I mean, Liz isn't wrong in thinking that they're dangerously obsessed because apparently Jessica nearly had a car crash on her way home because she thought she saw Jamie. Jesus. And <laughs> it was just an ordinary person. <laughs> oh, to who, see, who needs them? Garments <laughs> them any day of the week. Well, Liz asks Jessica to come on the cin- to the cinema on Friday with her and Andrea because she's still obsessed with the idea of the meeting. Um, and uh, Jessica can't be arsed. And she makes yeah. it quite clear. Very true. Yeah, it's like, uh, it wasn't that Jessica had anything in particular against Andrea Slade. It was just that right now, there were so many more important things to think about. Like Jamie Peters and whether there was even the slightest chance he might be in Sweet Valley at this very minute. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Jesus, get a grip, girl. (laughs) Well, at dinner time that evening, the phone rings and Ned frowns because they have a no phone calls at meals rule. But I mean, it's not like somebody's making a phone call. So, you know, they, they don't know that this is when the Wakefields are having dinner. Yeah, it's like one of the strict rules is that there's phone calls could not be taken during meals. So do you just let the phone ring all the way through dinner? Like, what's the crack here, Ned? <laughs> it's kind of uncomfortable. They listen to the phone ring out for like five <laughs> minutes. <who's> for? <laughs> well, it turns out it's Lila and it's a total emergency. So he lets Jessica take the call and Lila has a sensational tale to tell. Oh my goodness! Yes, Lila's uh, out and about and reporting back because she's on uh, she's on a mobile phone. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> so it's all crackling and static on it. But uh, so Lila's about four blocks from her house. She says, "Jess, you're not going to believe it. I saw him again." But this time she believed Lila. Apparently, it's possible to mis- make a mistake once and think you saw someone, but not twice, not two times in a single day. Um, so yeah, Lila reveals that she was on her way home from Max's. So yeah, her music lessons mm-hmm. and was there's a marimba, a marimba her, on. Marimba so I'm going to learn itself. So she was, yeah, uh, turning up towards the road up to her house when she saw the exact same car that Jamie Peters got into today downtown. It's an old white Mustang convertible. Um, and Jess was like, what did you do? Did you follow him? Of course I did, Lila answered. <laughs> so she followed him home and um, yeah, it took all her self- Absolutely. It took all her self-control not to roll down her window and scream his name, apparently. But yeah, apparently uh, she saw him pull up to the drive of the old Kitterby estate. 
So yes. it's some some big old estate house up near Fowler Crest. So it's got two stone posts with coral coloured stone lions on it. <laughs> Ooh la la. Uh, yeah, apparently it's been on sale for ages. Um, and uh, and so it's obviously been, been purchased by Jamie mm. Peters. <gasps> Jessica is desperate to investigate. And of course, Lila definitely has the upper hand here because it turns out that uh, she knows the estate pretty well because she was friends with the the daughter of the house when she was a kid. So she knows the layout and she thinks she knows a way they can sneak onto the grounds. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So she's going to they're going to meet at lunchtime the following day and figure out a plan. Uh, And Jessica's like, are you going to stay there? Are you going home now? And Lila's like, I'll stay for a while just in case he comes out again. The idea she's just gonna camp out forever, basically. Just a casual bit of stalking. It's totally fine. I mean, there's a lot of stalking in this book. True. The next day, Andrea arrives at the marina to meet Nicholas, and we uh, we sort of get her POV for the first time as she gazes at her reflection. We're told that her curls, which could sometimes be on the unruly side, had been tamed with a stretchy turquoise headband. Hell she's, yeah! She smudged <laughs> a little more of the blue eye pencil she'd used to outline her eyes. I love that look. I love the turquoise eyeliner. Um, Absolutely. So she meets Nicholas. And if it wasn't him, this could be quite cute because she's all sort of shy and happy and just thrilled to be hanging out with this boy. (laughs) It's just a pity it's him. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, they set off on his boat. She's the first person he's ever taken out on it. And she's having a great time. Um, and uh, then they, they sort of decide to drift for a bit. And he tells her about Regina's death and how she really loved sailing. You know, the boat sort of a tribute to him. And then he gets a bit Dennis Reynolds, as my notes say. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, oh, is this when they, yeah, the wind's dying down a little. Uh-huh. Let's just drift. <laughs> and then he says, listen, I don't even know anything about you. Uh, Nicholas said suddenly, Except that you've lived all over the country and you like to sail. He leaned forward, her hand lightly, his hand lightly touching her hair. And do you have beautiful curls? He added softly. <laughs> it's the like, it's the same with Stephen when they go touching their hair. Oh, it's, there's something really so creepy, creepy about it, yes. isn't there? It just makes you kind of full body shudder, like, oh yeah. God. Get it's your hand ser- off her, please. Serial killer stuff. <laughs> really? Is. So she's like, oh, I'm just an average girl. And for a second, she wonders if she can reveal her secret, but thinks that she made herself a promise. This time <gasps> it's going to be different. People are going to like me for me. And that's all there is to it. So they have a stupid flirty chat and it's typical <laughs> Sweet Valley flirtation. Yeah, they kind of just like do like rapid fire questions about mm. their favorite stuff. So he's just like, OK, if you're, if you're going to make this hard, I'll just have to grill you. So, uh, yeah, he asks what her favorite color is, her favorite food. Um, and they kind of just go back and forth like this about favorite movies and countries and mm. places to be alone. But apparently they have loads in common. Um, yeah, they, they both uh, they both liked baseball, <laughs> Italian restaurants. Like, OK, you're both basic. Yeah. <laughs> Reggae and any place warm. Oh, what an amazing coincidence. Like, <laughs> Pure idiosyncratic thing. Uh, you like pizza? I like pizza. Oh my <laughs> god, this is crazy. <laughs> this is Stephen and and oh, Stephen and Andrea. Oh my god, another Andrea. <laughs> space of about five books. That's a bit. Yeah. I mean, do you think they have more variety of names? Um. So yeah, they list things they don't like then, and she says moving vans, but then she changes the subject, and he's like, "Ooh, I'm a bit nervous. What if it turns out you happen to consider boys named Nicholas unfavorites?" And then he goes, as my notes say, "Full Dennis." <laughs> oh, God. 
um, yeah, she says, oh, well, well, that would be silly of you or, or something to that yeah. effect. And like uh, she tried to pull her hand back, but Nicholas was too quick for her. Like, oh, hey, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> he held tight and his fingers were warm over hers. Andrea felt her heart begin to beat a little bit faster. It's like, is it a panic attack? Are you OK? <laughs> <laughs> then he says, for instance, suppose I just happened to have a mm-hmm. thing about girls named Andrea, he said softly, leaning closer, so she felt her breath against her ear. Andrea's heart bounded, and uh, then she jerks back, completely confused, and pulled her hand free from his. Nicholas seemed surprised and a little hurt. <laughs> like, I would not have been surprised if he straight up just murdered her on that boat. Absolutely <laughs> like... not. But then she says, Nicholas is my favourite boy's name. And then oh, they... God continue to flirt tediously and he says he'll find a place that serves her favourite dish, angel hair pasta with herbs and cream and again says he'll pick her up at seven and she's like oh the house is a mess so I'll call over to you and he's an absolute dick and he's like oh maybe you're ashamed of me oh my god yeah he's really weird about picking her up and Mm. it's like why why is he so obsessed with this? Like, yes. I, like, I know, yes, she is being cagey and we know that now, but like, as far as he's concerned, you know, he hasn't heard her making all yeah. these excuses before. So like, why is he being such a fucking weirdo about it? Because yeah, again, are you ashamed of me for some reason? It's like, oh God, shut up. But um, yeah, she just, she reckons once he came to her house, she was afraid uh, that he just wouldn't like her for her anymore. And it would be just like all the other times. So she just can't let that happen again. Mm. Well, we cut to an Italian place we've never heard before. It's called either Oggy or Oggy. I don't know hmm. which. Two G's oh, in Italian yeah. is usually J. Soft, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever it is, it's got a romantic vibe. And Nicholas tells her how much he likes her. She shares his feelings. <gasps> and they have a magical night. And she wonders how she could convince her father that they have to stay in Sweet Valley. Um because she loves it so much and she's clearly, you know, this is the first place she's ever felt she's liked for who she is, not for who her dad is. And uh, again, when they leave, he asks her to the Bidari Burger tomorrow and she says she'll meet him there and he's so fucking weird. He says, one of these days you'll let me pick you up like a real date. What? What is happening? Yeah, like a shadow across Nicholas's face. Like, there's a Ugh. darkness in Nicholas for oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> shit. He has riddles. Fully is 100%. <laughs> Do not trust this man at no, all. <laughs> don't. Um, so, yeah, they kiss and she's in seventh heaven. Meanwhile, Jessica is uh, calling into Lyle, uh, is, has been um, getting all excited. And uh, earlier that day, she calls it, she called it to, Je- to Lila, who. Um, has uh, has got a plan ready, which she shares with Jessica and Amy. So it turns out there's a pool behind this Kitterby house and there's a thick bunch of bushes next to it. And behind this clump of bushes is a trail that leads to parkland. I mean, there is no security on this house. You'd think he'd buy somewhere with a wall. <laughs> like a garden true. wall. I'm not talking he has to have a fortress, but like you can literally just walk right on. Just, just a gate, you know? That's, yeah. that's all he needs. <laughs> I just walk from some parkland along a trail. Um, so their plan is that they're going to walk along this trail and hide behind the bushes and spy on the house mm. and Lila says that once she gets to know Jamie which of course she soon will she's going to arrange for him to play, hear her play her marimba <laughs> apparently he'll be overjoyed there's a marimba player living five houses away from him I mean why wouldn't he be yeah. Jesus who who's, who doesn't want to be neighbours with a marimba player 
Well, the others are absolutely horrified by this prospect <laughs> of Lila forcing her and uh, Jamie Peters to listen to her marimba playing. But then they have to shut up because they've reached the trail. And um, when they hide in the bushes, they're kind of bored. They're getting bored. They're there for about 15 minutes. But then Jamie emerges. <gasps> Yeah, so they're, um, yeah, as you say, they've, they're getting like cramps in their legs and everything at this stage. But uh, yeah, when the glass door is slide open and he walks out, Jessica thinks she's going to faint. Uh, she felt as if she knew Jamie Peters by heart because she'd studied his, had studied his face so many times on posters, uh, on TV and rock and roll magazine. And now here he was in flesh and blood, standing less than a dozen yards away. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Amy Whisper is also so excited. She whispers really loudly and Jamie looks up and is sort of like, huh? I mean, maybe, maybe Jamie, you should have like bought somewhere with a hedge. For real. <laughs> and when they run away and they decide that they're not going to tell anyone in school about this, basically so they can keep Jamie to themselves. <laughs> Secret Jamie's buying. So the next day, Andrea arrives at the Dairy Burger to meet Nicholas. They flirt in typical Sweet Valley style. You don't need to hear any of the details, listeners. It'll be tedious. And uh, <laughs> she's all happy and thinks this is what it's like to be an ordinary teenage girl. And she's not going to give that up. On Monday at Sweet Valley High, Kara is dumbstruck by the news that they have seen Jamie Peters and it's 100% him at this house. And uh, um, she also says she read a piece about how the marimba is the hottest new instrument among young musicians. I mean, I kind of presume she was just trying to butter Lila up with this, but it doesn't seem to be the case. I I think she actually did read it. Yeah, it does seem like it. So Lila says that she's going to play for Jamie and Kara is also horrified. And Lila's <laughs> like, I'm not crazy. I'll just give it a week or so. <laughs> yeah, I won't play for him until I'm much better. So yeah, another week or two will do the job. Yes. So she agrees that Kara can come and spy on Jamie, but they all have to keep their cool and not blow it. And I mean, she is wise to get, remind them of this because they're a bunch of agents. Very true. <laughs> they are not particularly sneaky. Uh, meanwhile, Liz and co are having lunch and in also typical Sweet Valley style, Elizabeth can't get over how beautiful Andrea looks. Oh, God. Yeah, at this point I wrote down, get the fuck out of here with your own. <laughs> oh, no, you're beautiful because you have a boyfriend. <laughs> Literally it. Oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, Liz is like, what's different about you? Did you do something to your hair? Um <laughs> And Andrea is like, no, I think I'm just catching a cold uh, and like looks for a tissue. And then Liz is like, I don't think that's it. She turns to Enid. Doesn't she look different? Like, wouldn't you just want to slap the fucking head off her? Totally. What a pain in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) Landry says the only thing different about her is she's getting a cold. But they've all heard about her dates with Nicholas and they kind of gently tease her about it. But it's in a friendly way. It's a, you know, it's not in a mean way. And Andrea's, Andrea blushes, of course. Yes. And, um, uh, she asks like is there anything I should know about him I was like well he's a massive creep who tried to force Liz to go on dates with him so yeah you should know that but but they don't tell her any of that stuff <laughs> yes Dana says well you know he's really rich but you can probably handle that and Andrea looks a bit awkward there and that's when Liz wonders oh, maybe she's ashamed of her house maybe she lives on the wrong side of the tracks <gasps> like Trisha Martin oh no Trisha Martin town mm. or over a rickety bridge where <laughs> Kara lives in a forest <laughs> <laughs> the shacks. I live in a tree. <laughs> By the creek. <laughs> well, uh, Liz sings Nicholas's praises and mentions that, you know, the, the family have been through a really hard time. And uh, Liz wonders if Andrea could keep whatever secrets she's keeping from Nicholas. 
Later at Fowlercrest, Lila prepares to give her friends a marimba concert. And actually, they're kind of genuinely impressed. They are. And it does sound like she's actually quite good at this. Um, yeah, they kind of say like, like as she's working away at the strings, because whatever this is, it's not a fucking marimba, but she's mm. good at it anyway, <laughs> because they talk about her playing like a rapid fire arpeggio. And uh, they're all quite impressed and say that she's learned really fast. Uh, Kara's like, what was that? It's an African tune, Amy. You wouldn't know it, Lila said dismissively. I kind of love this. <laughs> I mean, she does, she's quite generic about Africa. I know, yeah, but look, it's. But I do like the idea that that she's putting them down for their Western centric views of music. That is enjoyable. Yes, Mm. very true. Well, uh, Lila or Jessica admits to herself that it actually does sound pretty nice, but of course she goes into she she can't think of somebody else for very long and goes into another flight of fancy about what might happen, um, when uh, once they're over in uh in the in the poolside retreat. She um, so they because they they head over to the after the marimba concert to the clump of bushes, which is their new <laughs> HQ. And her mind began to race. Suppose someone happened to make a noise. Maybe Jessica herself. Jamie would come over to see what was wrong. He would be worried, of course. I'm going to be worried. All right. The others would probably run off too scared to stay. Jamie would be tender and kind. You might offer her a soda or an iced tea. They would get to talking. And before long... And what? Before long he'd be committing a crime? Like, (laughs) where do you think this is going, Jessica? Where do you think he is committing a crime? (laughs) And speaking of which, somebody comes out onto that patio... Oh no, yeah, that's it. So they're uh, they're watching all this and they hear a feminine voice calling out, I've been looking everywhere for you. Uh, so they're all peering through the shrubbery for a proper look. And uh, Jessica couldn't see much at first. It was a woman, a young woman. No, a girl. She had her hair pulled back and sunglasses on and a white towel was wrapped around what looked like a black bathing suit. So I was like, oh, his girlfriend. Because uh, this girl pads around to the side of the pool, gives Jamie a tender kiss on the cheek. Um, and like takes off her sunglasses, looks almost directly at the spot where the girls were crouching. So I think this is them just being a bit noisy again. Oh, can you imagine what they're like? Oh, you could just see the bushes just like rustling away <laughs> in the background. You'd be like, what the fuck is going on over there? But yeah, they uh, they run away soundlessly and uh, can't believe it because uh, as they have realized that it was Andrea with Jamie Peters out at the pool. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, they they realise that she's his special girl. And uh, Kara says, I've heard she's kind of secretive about her home life. And with satisfaction, Lila says, well, now we know why. Who wouldn't want to keep it a secret? Andrea Slade is probably the only high school junior we know who's the live-in girlfriend of a world-famous rock star. <laughs> I do like that probably. Oh, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. there could still be more that we just don't know about. <laughs> I mean, most likely. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, maybe on on that little bombshell for them, at least we should take a tiny break. Yes, because we want to remind you about the Headstuff podcast um, or Headstuff Plus and the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, As you know, we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network and um, we are also members are part of Headstuff Plus, in which you, our listeners, can support the show by um, uh, joining up to Headstuff Plus for as little as five euros a month. 
Yeah. So when you join up, you can decide to support up to three different shows. You can spread your money across three or two or one, whatever way you want to do it. Uh, so you can choose your, your favorite shows and whichever way you do decide to, to move your money around, uh, you get access to everybody's bonus content. So you'll get access to our bonus content, which is Pi Beta Alpha, where we've been recapping the absolutely bananas Sweet Valley High TV show episode by episode. We certainly have. We have been having an amazing time in the Pi Beta Alpha Clubhouse. Um, Last week, we discussed an episode which featured a glamorous Bond villain called Goldfowler. Now, I mean, I'm not the same since this, to be honest. No, we're forever changed after seeing Goldfowler in all her glory. And so will you be, listeners, if you listen, if you watch that episode on YouTube and then join us in Pi Beat Alpha to hear what we had to say about it. Because we had a lot to say about it. And uh, we know that those of you who've already watched and enjoyed it, this this incredible fever dream had, <laughs> had a good time too. So yeah, we we discuss um the the Sweet Valley High TV series, which is so much more entertaining than I think either of us thought it would be, and. We have a lot of fun discussing it and you can join us in our discussions by signing up to Headstuff Plus. And obviously that means you get a special uh, feed with our bonus episodes. And that means that every single week you will have some Sweet Valley shenanigans to listen to because Pi Beta Alpha episodes come out in the weeks that this podcast does not. So not a week will go by without some Wakefield um, nonsense. <laughs> in your ears. And as Karen said, you know, you get access to all the shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network's uh, bonus content. And one of those shows, which we will, uh, you'll be able to hear a little bit about now, is Fireside Tales. Yeah, Fireside, it's a storytelling podcast. So it's Kevin C. Olihan uh, hosts it. He retells tales of folklore and myth as they were meant to be told. So every week he'll take a story from folklore and mythology, give it a fresh retelling and discuss the story in itself, uh, the craft, the culture, the history of storytelling. It's a great listen. It can be real spooky. Uh, if you're into folklore at all or you just like a good story, then definitely check out Fireside. Yes. And if you, I mean, who doesn't like a little bit of of folk weirdness i mean per personally i would like to see the wakefields in the giant wicker man sometime <gasps> wow lit, lit, uh, lit by lila <laughs> oh well she has lord summer isle vibes i'll give her that <gasps> oh my god yeah the fowleries definitely have a private island somewhere <laughs> there's some shit going down <laughs> now that's a super thriller we want to read <laughs> Once upon a time. Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week we breathe new life into old stories from folklore and mythology, from the mysterious landing of the old Celtic gods to the epic wars fought by Cúchulainn and Queen Maeve, right down to the petty squabbles between headstrong mortals and roguish fairies. We already have a huge collection available with a new episode every Wednesday. This is not just a podcast for folklore fiends, but for anyone who enjoys a good story. And who doesn't love a good story? My name is Kevin C. Olhan, and I am your host and your fireside bard. Wherever you are in the world, you can always join me by the fireside. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you can listen to Fireside wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can listen to Pi Beta Alpha by signing up to Headstuff Plus for as little as five euro a month wherever you are in the world. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Liz is heading in early to go to the Oracle office, where Olivia hands her a note that's arrived for her um, in her capacity as Eyes and Ears Chief. <laughs> Chief gossip columnist. Yes. Um, yeah. So it was. It's like an anonymous note, I think, isn't it, on this it piece is. of paper that was dropped in, and at the bottom of the page was scrawled, uh, "Time to ask Andrea Slade about her relationship to the famous rock star we happen to know has just moved to Sweet Valley." <gasps> and then Penny bursts in and reveals that Jamie Peters has moved to Sweet Valley. Yeah, I suppose this is it because Jess and Lila and Carrie, they've actually managed to keep it a secret that he's mm. even in the town, really, or nobody else has managed to spot him or get the word out at this point. But um, yeah, Penny runs in and says that she's got a friend who works at the entertainment page of the Sweet Valley News. And now mm-hmm. the secret's out because some some real estate agent blabbed it to the press. So it's uh, it's all over town now. Yes. And for once, Liz actually doesn't jump to some random, ridiculous conclusion and immediately wonders if he could be Andrea's mysterious dad. Very reasonable. Yeah, she's like, oh, Andrea had been so secretive about her dad and all she'd said was that he transferred a lot and was self-employed. And she's like, hmm, it's a long shot, but maybe maybe Andrea's his daughter and that's what the crack is here. And it's like, yeah, she's actually being very reasonable (laughs) and correct for once. Well done, uh, Elizabeth. It's rare that we praise your insights. (laughs) So at lunch, Ina tells Liz that Andrea is off sick. Um, It turns out that she rang Ina that morning and asked her, would she take some notes from some class for her? And um, when Liz tells uh, Enid about you know what she thinks might be the case Enid also goes straight to dad not boyfriend yeah they're ext- you wonder is it just that Lila and Jess are just so blinded by Jamie Peters they just assume that any girl in his vicinity must be his girlfriend or something no whereas, matter what age no matter what age yeah because the other two don't really care that much about Jamie Peters and they're just like oh yeah clearly he's her dad yeah, and they obviously know how old he looks yeah, very like true. They're not, uh, not as blinkered as the others. Um, yeah, and she shows Enid the note uh, as well. So they both kind of figure, yeah, that, that must be what's after happening mm. here. And they wish that Andrea was in school today. Enid's like, I'd love to just come right out and ask her because, you know, she's like, look, even if that is the case, I still don't really get it. Why not just tell us? Like, doesn't she trust us? Mm. Well, um, before they can discuss this further, Jessica and co descend upon them looking for Andrea and then tell them that Andrea is Jamie Peters's live-in girlfriend. Oh, God. Yeah, Liz and Enid are extremely unimpressed by this. Um, yeah. Liz is actually kind of cross. She's like, how could you yeah. possibly say something like that? Enid's like, that's a rotten accusation to make. Uh, how do you know anything about her private life? And Amy's like, mm, we have our ways. And um, yeah, they just kind of, they're all... Yeah, just again jumping to mad conclusions. Oh, Caroline Pierce is there as well. Oh so, you yeah, know, good she's <laughs> she's fallen off the wagon, all right. She really has in yeah a massive uh, manner. So yeah, they're like, oh, do you think she was a groupie or something? How long have oh. they been together? And it's like, oh god, what do you mean? How long have they been together? Do you think she met him when she was fucking thirteen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Liz like fuck says because oh yeah, because they say that they saw them together at his house, yeah. and Liz says just because Andrea happen to be with Jamie Peters doesn't mean he's his, she's his girlfriend did you ever yeah. stop to consider that he could be her father and they are genuinely stunned yeah that's it's it's funny 
the reaction is so weird. It's like, because mm. it's it's clear none of them had even considered yeah, this exactly. possibility. Uh, and I was like, oh, they weren't prepared to take it very seriously, at least not for long. And Amy's really sarcastic. And she's like, yeah, right. As if he's old enough to be Andrea's father. And then he's like, well, maybe he's old, her older brother then. Like, they're just absolutely not buying the fact that he could be related to her other yeah. than a creepy old boyfriend. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, uh, this is one thing that is uh, recurring throughout this book is that their whole thing is is that uh, he must be young enough to be his to be her boyfriend as well young enough but like they sort of yeah. think he's in his 20s um but it never seems to cross their mind that wow if he is a fucking a 50 16 year old he is disgusting <laughs> like they never it doesn't cross their mind like Ugh. that it would be creepy but that's the thing I suppose with like a mad teen fandom like that you're not thinking rationally either you know oh, and it's that like, is I, true. I, I could really have a shot with this fucking 30 year old pop star it's like no love you, no that would not be good for anybody and they do want to have a shot at themselves that's it mm-hmm. yeah good point well lo- they're all absolutely disgustingly shameless <laughs> Like, they start going, uh, Lila says, I wouldn't mind getting to be better friends with Andrea and myself. And Jessica's like, I'm sorry to know, get to know her better before. And Amy says she's going to invite her over to her house. And L- Liz loses the rag and just says, you're awful, all of you. And it's true. It's so true. Like, they are all, as you say, absolutely shameless. Like, they're just, and that is that classic Sweet Valley thing again, where it's like, we're just going to be nice to somebody when it's going to be useful to us yes. for, for whatever reason. Or they're going to have some manner of fame or their dad is going to be the mayor or whatever oh, the fuck. Jesus. Like, yeah, the standards are, you know, their their criteria are quite. Whatever little scrap of a spotlight, <laughs> uh, they're just grabbing away. And uh, yeah, Liz is just absolutely fuming with them. And uh, she's like, look, Andrea's going to know you're not genuinely interested in her and you're just using her. And how is that supposed to make? her feel um but uh, lila is unbothered and reckons, mm. oh, she's used to it and yeah. uh, i can't wait to spend a little more time with andrea she <laughs> oh, says, yeah, she oh, maybe she could maybe could fix me up with someone and we can double date someone like bruce springsteen <laughs> oh, God. there we go yeah someone age appropriate like oh, bruce springsteen yes. <laughs> stop it lila <laughs> please lila just no how old is bruce springsteen there at that stage well, just look up Oh. He was definitely, I mean, too he, old. he would obviously be too old even if he was in his <laughs> 20s. But, um, for 1949. He oh, was God. In his 40s. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, it's, it is weird. Like, I know MTV is the most, like, actually current reference we've ever gotten from them, but they never fancy, like, whoever the teen heartthrob would be in early 90s. Like, why don't any of them, like, I don't know, Rob Lowe or like yes. Christian Slater or like Christian Slater. So, Go over to Christian Slater. Someone we actually fancy. Or Keanu. Oh my God, Keanu. Like, come on. <laughs> I was fancying Keanu at this stage. Why Absolutely. can't Christian Slater? Why can't you, sweet valiants? What's the matter with you people? <laughs> Fucking Mick Jagger and Bruce Springsteen. Like, literally, Keanu's right there. Speed has probably just come out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what what year did this um did this I'm gonna look up what year did this book come out? Like we're definitely into early nineties, like ninety three, ninety four. So oh my god. Well if we are then I am now older than them in real life. Sweet <laughs> <laughs> Valley High Books, Wikipedia. Let's see. Yeah, my there copy doesn't go. have a, a list an imprint of Sweet Valley High Books. <laughs> Da, 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 da. This is what you pay the big bucks for, Headstock Plus members. <laughs> 1991, the year I turned 16. 
Okay, so who, who did you fancy when you were 16? Because I bet it wasn't Bruce Springsteen. I fancy Christian Slater. And exactly. I fancy Keanu. That was just before Bogus Journey came out. But I had oh, lovely. Yeah. Ted's Excellent Adventure. Perfect. So, yeah. uh, yes, I did not fancy uh, Bruce Springsteen. Who <laughs> <laughs> was closer to my dad's age. Like, yeah, it's dad rock, like, at that stage. Come on. Well, anyway. <laughs> this is, I mean, we we should be used to this sort of shenanigans of um, the the sweet valiance. Oh, just would a current reference kill them? Like, really, they were doing so well with MTV, and just mm. anyway. <laughs> well, Liz is so disgusted by this uh, appalling, shameless uh, discussion that she needed walk off. But she does wonder why Jamie or why Andrea didn't just tell. Enid and Liz about hmm. your dad like didn't she trust them or does she have something to hide meanwhile poor old Andrea is at home with a stinking cold oh. and he apparently her dad can't really understand why she hasn't told people about him but she says she's um until she said look she's tired of being used to get to him and he does understand that because he does seem like a good dad he actually does yeah like it's yeah we don't actually hear very much from him it's all kind of Jamie from a distance when everyone thinks he's a big creep but he's actually quite a nice man it seems like it yeah is. and like the only reason she, she's had to move a lot is because obviously he's had to tour and record in various places so mm. um you know he he does uh, he has um told her that he wants to you know find a settled home for them uh, probably he's tired of touring and who can blame him because he is in his 40s oh, he's getting on a bit now <laughs> <laughs> well apparently um, she's you know he's promised that he's here to stay and they're both really enjoying Sweet Valley High or sorry Sweet Valley <laughs> well, no. just just Sweet Valley <laughs> <laughs> no he is not hanging around the school he is, he is not enjoying be Sweet Valley High oh no call the cops yeah. oh god <laughs> Uh, well, she goes in to get a drink, but then she hears from she's been hanging by the pool, but then she overhears uh, Jamie talking to his agent, Leo, about an Italian tour. Oh, no. Yeah. So she she thinks at first that maybe they were talking about this film contract, uh, because once that's signed, they were definitely going to be staying mm. around Sweet Valley for a good long while. But yeah, she hears this Italian tour stuff and um, she hears her dad kind of saying, yeah, no, I love the idea of it, but I told you. And he kind of trails off and he's like, yeah, 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 grand. Look, just send me the details and I'll think about it. Are you happy now? So, you know, I suppose when you when you look at it that way, he is just kind of trying to to just get his agent off the phone and you know, potentially isn't actually that interested in it. But as far as she's concerned, he's considering another tour. He's going to break the deal that they've made. And uh, she's like, oh, no, I should confront him. But she just can't bring herself to do it. So she just thinks, look, maybe if I just pretend like I've, I've never heard anything, it'll all just go away. Well, that is typical Sweet Valley style. She's learned their their ways very well, just ignoring your problems and hoping that they'll somehow solve themselves so when she returns to school she's the next day she still hasn't said anything to her dad and she's looking out for Enid and Liz but she doesn't see them for her first class and when she settles down in her in her seat who should approach but Amy oh Amy is all over her like a bad smell oh, like she's shameless. just straight in there she's like Andrea how are you isn't it the worst missing school because of a cold do you need notes she's like I can bring them over to your house if you want and Andrea's like what since when is Amy Sutton so interested in her like mm. right rightly enough she's very suspicious yes and uh, especially when Amy is all like I'll call you when the class starts <laughs> oh, god <laughs> 
and uh, the next class, Caroline and Sandy Bacon are all oh. weird around her. And after oh, class, Sandy Bacon, <laughs> your favorite name. <laughs> and after class, Caroline like sidles up to her and is uh, just sort of creepy and like, and I love your sweater. It's like, oh, you had a cold yesterday. As if that's a, I don't know, an innuendo. I don't really understand why she's making a big deal about um Andrea having a cold. <laughs> Who understands anything Caroline Pierce does? Probably <laughs> when she says, oh, a cold, there's something strangely insinuating about her tone. Insinuating what? I know. She's like, so strange. <laughs> um, so uh, Andrea is just freaked out, understandably, by all this. And then she notices that people who she doesn't even know are sort of whispering about her and giggling. And um, she has a flashback to... Uh, her school in Boston, where her best friend in the world, Diana Cushing, betrayed her. Oh no, yeah, apparently the stuff with Diana was ancient history. Two years old now, but it still yeah. hurt. So they were in uh, ninth grade together in school. Diana was the only girl in the whole place that Andrea actually trusted, and they told her all their fears and secrets and become really close. But um, Andrea found out that Diana's mother was a reporter for an entertainment magazine. But oh yeah, at the time she hadn't thought anything of it, because she was used to, I suppose, people you know, working in media and that not really being a big deal. But uh, eventually the truth came out where Diana was only friends with Andrea because her mother wanted to get close to Jamie <gasps> Peters to get a story. So, Again, hard enough. Yeah. how did that story not include the fact you had a child and how did Jessica exactly. not know about it? But... Secret love child with his uh, wife who had passed away. Yeah. Oh, is that it's a love child? Love or is that child. Just, it's just a regular child, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, Jessica thinks she's a fan, but I think that uh, considering, you know, entertainment reporters were sending their children to spy on, <laughs> on Andrea, I don't really understand how the secret did not come out before now. Um, so, yeah, since that day, Andrea gave up on being friends with anybody who knew who her dad was. But, oh. um, yeah, she, she realized that her attempts to keep it a secret in Sweet Valley have clearly failed and uh, luckily when she finds Liz and Enid at lunch they're acting totally normally but um, she's she's just about to tell them the truth but before she can say anything who should appear but Lila and she Ooh. has a favour to ask God straight in with the favours like she's so funny um, yeah she's uh, she says that you know I've been talking to Jessica and Amy about this they think it's nervy of me to ask you for a favour but I feel like we know each other pretty well don't you think so Lila demanded it's like no bitch have you ever like spoken to her at all ever <laughs> you, you literally haven't Truly, yeah. But um, yeah, so she says that uh, <laughs> Lila's like, I've been taking music lessons from Mac Sharp. Have you heard of him? And she's like, no. Um, but Lila insists, oh, he's wonderful. And uh, thanks to him, I've gotten really serious about an instrument called the marimba. It's African. I'm sure you know all about it, knowing as much as you do about everything musical. And Andrea's just sitting there going, oh, God, I hate this. <laughs> and she hates it even more when Lila says, I want you to set up an audition for me with Jamie. Nothing fancy. Just a chance to let him hear what I sound like. Maybe when he cuts an album, who knows? He might need a marimba player. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's going to go a new direction for his new album. Who knows? All marimba all the time. <laughs> well, Andrea, is, <laughs> Andrea is understandably like, what the fuck? And, yeah. um, uh, and says she doesn't think it's a good idea. And then Lila turns nasty. Yeah, this is this is poor form now on Lila's part. Oh, no, she's appalling. She's very bad. Our flat face queen letting us down once again. She's a problematic um, fave. 
you know what the most problematic fave mm. <laughs> yeah she says um she's getting angry and she's like come on andrea you're trying to say you don't have any sway over him and andrea's like that's not the point um and uh lila kind of says oh you know maybe he doesn't even listen to you although if i were you that would bother me <gasps> a lot after all you are his girlfriend <laughs> oh and then doesn't she always claim in his songs and interviews he'd do anything for you and andrea just starts laughing Oh, God. I mean, yes, that's, I think, a very reasonable reaction on her part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lila is most unamused and she's like, what's so funny? Don't try to wriggle out of this one, Andrea. We all know the truth, so don't think you can deny it. And Andrea's <gasps> like, OK, what's the truth then, Lila? Um, that Jamie Peters is my boyfriend. And um, Lila just kind of, yeah, is just like, well, isn't he? But um, Andrea just is like, no, nope, fuck this. I'm out of here. She just gets up and walks away. Um, she oh no she does no. say it's none of your business oh yes sorry I, I messed it up <laughs> no, well I mean it's a dramatic scene you, it's easy to get uh, over swept away swept away with the drama <laughs> as Andrea does with her own rage that's true yeah so she kind of feels like this is her chance to to give all the, the kids who had ever bothered her about her dad mm. uh, the answer that she had actually wanted to so she she tells Lila something she'd wanted to say for so long but never had the nerve to do so she says Lila listen to me it's none of your business who Jamie Peters is to me and Lila's mouth just like falls open so that's when Andrea says I've got to get out of here and that's when she stomps off out <gasps> of the lunchroom yeah and who can blame her <laughs> and Liz and Enid tell Lila she doesn't have a she doesn't know what she's talking about and she should shut her pie hole and Lila stomps off <laughs> so, there's a lot of stomping off in this in this book well we cut to a new boutique called Matahari's oh amazing love it <laughs> yeah I hope this gets added to the, the canonical um, shopping uh, directory directory <laughs> better than the designer shop anyway oh god and Lila uh, Jessica is angry with Lila for blowing it with Andrea and she's sure that if she had met Andrea first she would have handled it perfectly Uh, a couple of slick references to Jamie's latest album a few compliments and before you could say pride Jessica and Andrea would have been fast friends Jesus what And uh, but um, Lila uh, claims that she doesn't need Andrea's help because Jamie will probably tire of her soon and throw her out before too long. Oh, so God. she's she's still going to go for an audition with them now. Now that she's finally discovered her true calling. Yeah, all this time it was the marimba who was just waiting for her. <laughs> Jessica's like, so the way you see things, Jamie's going to dump Andrea, hire you as his star marimba player, and then you two <laughs> will live happily ever after. Lila just says something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so they leave Matahari's, and who should they bump into carrying a huge bouquet but Nicholas Morrow? Oh, that's him. Yeah, he's mm. coming across the street. And just when you thought they were doing well with the shop names, he's coming out of the flower shop. Of course he is. <laughs> Although I will say it's shop with two P's and an E, so at least there's a, a little bit of flavor there. <laughs> but still. They're, they're trying a little bit, but not enough. Trying something, frankly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Lila just basically tells him directly that uh, he shouldn't really bother buying Andrea flowers because she's living with Jamie Peters. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I think is that yeah, Jessica and Lila didn't know that uh, Andrea and Nicholas have been seeing each other. Um, so, yeah, so they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't waste my time, man. Mm-hmm. And he's horrified, doesn't question it at all. It's as oh, if no. He's never met these, you know, scheming bitches before. <laughs> and... Uh, he thinks, oh, this explains why she was so cagey about home. And Lila says that maybe Andrea needs more than one man. Jesus. 
<laughs> so and the, Nicholas thrusts the flowers into her arms and runs off. And even Jessica starts to wonder, like, what if we've made a mistake? Mm. And then we cut to poor Andrea, who was at the Fairmont, an inn, we're told. An inn, no less. <laughs> at a pub or a restaurant, an inn, like we're in 18th century times. <laughs> we're time traveling now on top yes. of everything else. <laughs> well. She is given a letter by the hostess of this inn. And it is proof that Nicholas is, yet again, a total dick. Oh, the worst. Can you tell us what's in this letter? Yeah, he... Well, this is it, because Andrea's a little bit late. Um, So when she arrives, she says, look, I'm meeting someone, uh, Nicholas Morrow. Is he here already? So when she's handed this note, um, she tears it open and it's fucking Nicholas. He's like, oh, sorry I couldn't meet you in person. I don't really feel up to facing you right now. I think, you'll, I think you'll understand how shocked I was when I ran into some people who know you from school. Like, he's just breaking up with her because of hearsay. It's so yes. ridiculous. And he's like, and they told me you were living with Jamie Peters. Why didn't you tell me, Andrea? I thought there was something really special between us. Like, if there's something special between you, then fucking talk to her face to face, yes. you little bitch. Like, don't leave her a note. Stand her up and leave her a note. I know, so rude. Oh, I hate um, Oh, he's the worst. So then he's like, oh, you know, the last thing in the world I'd ever have imagined is that you could be involved with another guy. Now I know the truth. I feel like an idiot. It's pretty hard being the last to know. So poor Andrea is understandably upset and shocked. And I suppose there's the fact that someone told Nicholas that she was Jamie Peter's girlfriend. Yeah. But then also the fact that he's like handled it like this. Um, but then again, there's like a voice in her head saying, you didn't tell Lila the truth. You were angry and you mocked her. And it's like, yeah, but Lila had all of that coming. Like none of this no, is on God, Andrea yeah. in fairness. So no. I don't I don't like that they're trying to make it sound like this is because Andrea didn't tell the truth. It's like, no, fuck off. It's no one's business. Exactly. <laughs> so she's devastated, understandably. And she feels she can't go home and, you know, um, face her dad at the moment until we're told this whole wretched mess blew over. I mean, that could be weeks. It's not going to be weeks because of Sweet Valley, they have memories like goldfish. But like, I mean, I don't know. What what does it take for it to blow over, I wonder? <laughs> Who even knows? Well, back at the casa, Jess answers the phone and is uh, is quite surprised and stunned. Very much so. Uh, her eyebrows shot up so far that Liz thought she must have gotten an electric shock. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she answers and she's like, oh, yes, I mean, I mean, no, this is uh, her sister, but I could talk to you. Oh, uh, yes, I see. OK, yes. <laughs> she's like trembling, handing over the receiver to Liz. She's like, it's Jamie Peters. He wants to talk to you. <laughs> so he says, as we knew, he's Andrea's dad and mm. she hasn't come home and left a message and he's really worried. And he found her number and Enid's number on Andrea's desk. So that's, you know, he's heard about them and. So he's asking, does Liz know where Andrea could be? And of course, Liz doesn't. But she says she'll check in with Enid and Nicholas. And she's about to ring Nicholas when Jessica says she thinks there's something Liz should know before she talks to him. So we cut to Elizabeth arriving at the Morrow house where she tells Nicholas the truth. And as they head to Enid's, she says, what a jerk I am. I should have talked to Andrea myself instead of just standing her up like that. Yes. No you shit, should. Nicholas. Jesus, like, also he's like eighteen or something. Oh so he also, my God. I mean, he shouldn't even be going out with a sixteen-year-old anyway. No. <laughs> well, Liz is horrified that he stood her up. So good. 
that Liz is, Liz is, has actually got some sort of a moral compass in this book, which I kind of like the books where she actually is as appalled as we are by That's what's going true. on her. It's, it's actually a pretty solid Liz book in that she's got the right reactions to things and she's very straightforward and mad at people when she should be. So I, yeah. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Well, when they get to, they find Enid, it uh, turns out that uh, she's been talking to, to Jamie um, and she's not at her aunt's in L.A., so they he, they have no idea where she could be. But Nicholas says he knows. Yeah. So he snaps his fingers and he's like, I've got it. Enid, turn around, take a left at the light and head down to the marina. So he reckons that uh, they just need to trust him and, and that if Andrea's anywhere nearby, that's where she'll be. Because uh, I suppose she doesn't know the town super well. So they reckon there's only a certain she number certainly of places. Doesn't. <laughs> well, she really fucking doesn't. <laughs> but uh, he reckons, yeah, the marina is, is probably where they'll find her. Hmm. And of course it is. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas begs forgiveness. And uh, she's like, I didn't tell you the truth because people just like me because my dad's famous. And um, Enid says, you know, didn't you trust us? We thought we were we were already friends. And she says she does. but She's been burnt before. And she apologizes to them all, including Nicholas, for not being honest. And um, which, you know, after him standing up, I don't think she needs to apologize. And then she says, again, this is like, they really glaze over or uh, the, the the thought that he could be an old perv. He says, I'm not saying I can understand how you could believe I was living with my dad that way. I mean, he's young for my dad, but he's a little too old to have a, a teenage girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, you'd like to think. You would hope in an ideal world. Yes, all men of that age would be far too old to have a teenage <laughs> girlfriend. However. That's, yes, I think w- history has shown uh. <laughs> that this is uh, not that rare. Not the case. Yeah. Actually, do you know, I was reading a piece in, in a French magazine about this French director, Mai Wen, and she was Luc Besson's girlfriend when she was oh no oh god Luke Besson is the biggest creep and oh no at about the same time uh she went out with him when she was 12 fuck off oh no sorry she met him when she was 12 began dating I'm looking at it now when she was 15 Ugh. and in January 1993 age 16 she had his child Oh my God, that is horrendous. And Luc Besson also went out with Mila Jovovich. Christ. Oh no. And she, because she is my age, she was, he was married to her uh, when um, she was something like 18. Oh, Jesus. Oh no, she was in, oh, I guess she was slightly older because um, she was in her early 20s. But at that stage, he was like, I don't know, in his sixties. Oh no! And I, I have very much enjoyed the work of Luc Besson. I have oh, to say, no. he oh, is Jesus. an old perv. He really is. I had no idea about any of that. Born, God, why, why are men born nineteen fifty nine, and got married to a fifteen year old in nineteen ninety two, and a twenty one year old in nineteen ninety seven. Absolutely rotten. Oh God. Oh, no. So Jesus. that is the climate. That was all the early 90s. So, yeah, that's the climate that Jamie Peters would have been. Per- Not Jamie Peters was a perfect around him because we know he is a nice man. But it's <laughs> a nice fictional man. It's not beyond the bounds of credibility. That's a gross old perv would have been shaggy teenager. Gross. Oh, well, that's awful. So. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> Sorry for going on that depressing sideline. <laughs> Jesus. Like Seinfeld is bad enough, but yeah, oh, actually, God, actually, actually at the same time. Yeah, like oh they were all their age dating sixteen year olds. Jesus. Gross old men. Oh, what uh, I'm lucky I escaped that period as a teenager yeah. unscathed. Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Well, what a time. <laughs> well, luckily Jamie Peters is a good guy and um they head back to the house so he doesn't, you know. Um, he knows that his child is alive yeah. <laughs> and on the way Andrea says that she's going to make sure that whatever happens whether he goes into her or not she's not going anywhere she's going to stay in Sweet Valley so meanwhile Jessica has told Lila the truth and uh, they decide to not go back to their favourite place the bushes by the pool this is how we'll help we'll go back to spying on him <laughs> yes and while they're in, their bu- in the bushes who should they see emerge from the house Oh, God. Uh, yes, they can hear happy voices emerging. So um, they hear Jamie saying, oh, thank God you're OK, Andrea. I'm, I was so worried about you. And then she's like, I'm sorry, Dad. I know I should have called and left a message. Jessica like pokes Lila and she's like, see, she called him Dad. What more proof do you want? And uh, then they see that Liz and Enid are also there right next to them out by the pool. Yeah, so the gang's all there. And um, they make so much noise rustling around in there <laughs> that... Uh, and uh, Jamie and Nicholas um, yank them out just, <laughs> just after uh, Jamie has revealed that he's turned down the tour and uh, he didn't mention it to her, uh, didn't mention it to Andrea because he wanted to surprise her with the news that they were saying it's been Valley for good. Oh, yeah. He's signing whatever movie contract was going to keep him there. So, yeah, so they're, they're actually all good. But yeah, then then they immediately have to like cartoonishly yank Lila and Jessica out of a giant bush. Yes. And Jamie and Jessica is like, or sorry, Liz is like, what the fuck, Jessica? And Jamie, I mean, you're not the brightest, Jamie. Um, because he says, sounds like you know these two. It's like, yes, she does know her. They have the same head. Literally the same face. Come on, Jamie, wake up, man. But then Lila is magnificent. <laughs> She's so good. Um, yeah, she like brushes a piece of greenery out of her hair and with perfect composure, put out her hand to shake Jamie's. My name is Lila Fowler. I live a few doors down. Perhaps you've noticed our mansion. It's a real <laughs> pleasure to meet you. Like just breezes in. Yeah. Absolutely chill. It's fine. I wasn't really in a bush. Don't worry yep. about it. <laughs> and he's like, well, ordinarily it would be a pleasure to meet you too. But what were you doing? Like hiding in the bushes. And Lila's like, oh, we were too shy. <laughs> and uh, Liz asks, Liz, or Jessica asks Liz, how many nights of chores will she do to keep this a secret from their parents? And then Jamie is, is like, oh, I get it. No wonder you two look so familiar. You've got the same face. He cried. Oh, Jamie, slow on the uptake, my dude. Come on now. Oh, I mean, really, Jamie. How, that's, <laughs> that's, quite a long conversation has taken place before he realises they are identical twins. I know it was like was she standing in the dark is that I was kind of trying to give him some credit here but it, it doesn't sound like that it's like he's just no. not the brightest God love him though he's uh, <laughs> I'm just judging him from what was clearly the standards of the early 90s and just relieved that he's actually a decent dad and a nice guy to take the win yeah so Lila apologizes to Andrea for spreading the rumor that Andre that uh Andre and Jamie were lovers and Jamie is shocked but then says wow I should be flattered that you guys think I look that young or that you're a nonce (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't that they thought you were particularly young Jamie I hate to break it to you (laughs) and and 
Andrea shows again that she has a backbone when she rightly says, I wish I could tell you that it's okay and I forgive you, but you know, basically it's not. And Lila says, look, Jessica and I will personally guarantee that everyone at school will know the truth about you and Jamie Peters. Will that help? And Andrea's like, uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but um, uh, she lear- says that, Andrea says she's learned that it was a, it's a bad idea to keep secrets. And Jamie says it's the same. Like he wanted the film contract that he's just signed to be a surprise. So he didn't, he left her wondering where they really you know, yeah. settle down. Um, so it caused a lot of pointless stress. But mm-hmm. No more secrets. And uh, Jessica wants to hang around and ask questions about the film. But Jamie's like, uh, I think your parents are probably going to be a bit worried. And, um, you know, I'm glad that uh, Andre has made some some friends, some real friends. So, you know, all's well that ends well. And as they all leave, somebody stays behind. Oh God, yeah. Jessica's like, come on, Lila, let's go. Lila's like, you guys go ahead. I have a quick question I have to ask Jamie. And um, Jessica, as she's walking through the piano do- patio door, uh, she distinctly heard Lila pronouncing the word marimba. <laughs> I know Lila's so evil in this book, but she's also magnificent. She's our favourite villainess. She's oh, just so cartoonish. forever. I mean, look, you can't get better than that. <laughs> Well, after school on Friday, Liz and Enid are in the Box Tree Cafe mm-hmm. and they're delighted that Andrea is staying in Sweet Valley. And somehow they're confident that everybody, you know, nobody will want to be friends with her just because of who her dad is, even though they have already shown that they <laughs> absolutely will be like that. That's and the exact kind of assholes they are. <laughs> yes. And I mean, already when they turned, they thought that she was his living lover, they were, you know, sucking up to her. So, I mean, I don't know why you suddenly think, Liz, that they're going to just treat her like one of the gals from mm. now on, because they are also extremely shallow and turn on people for, you know, and, and turn on people and uh, turn towards people when they think that they have some sort of, you know, social capital or riches. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Mm. Well, uh, anyway, they're, uh, they think that everything's going to be fine for Andrea. And there's also some amazing news about Lila. Oh, my God. Um, yes. <laughs> Apparently, Andrea told them that uh, Jamie wants to give Lila a bit part in the movie he's making. And this piece of news, it's done to everybody, particularly Jessica and Amy. Uh, Apparently, she isn't that good. That's what Andrea told me anyway. But Jamie thinks she might be perfect for a small comic role in the movie as a marimba player. <laughs> So Lila's been telling everyone that she's been discovered. <laughs> I mean, I I do love that this happens. I agree with Liz that, yeah, Lila came out of the whole thing a little too well. Oh, definitely a little too well. There's no lesson learned here. Like. No, which I kind of love for once because it's Lila. If it was Jessica, I'd be enraged. Well, that's it, because that's always the fucking shit with Jessica. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm happy for Lila to take a win, even though it's undeserved. True. <laughs> True. I'm sorry. We we can't help it, listeners. Like we just love Lila. We're biased. Except when she really crosses. I mean, there's sometimes she crosses the line into true evil, and then that is very true. sad. But yeah. this is more cartoonish villainy. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so they uh, they head off. Um, of course, they're hanging around with Todd, Andrea, and Nick later. So for all of you, it's going to be a bit of a fifth wheel mm-hmm. that rendezvous with Andrea and, Nick, and Nicholas fawning over each other. <laughs> But uh, Liz thanks e- hugs Enid and thanks her for introducing her to Andrea, who has enhanced all their lives so much. God, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, once that, they bid each other farewell. Elizabeth bumps into Sky Morrow. Oh, yes. Uh, so Mrs. Morrow is... Um... 
there. So they yeah. get a little, we get a little reminder of how good she looks, that she's a beautiful woman and had been a model and all this. And um, yeah, she, she seems in a bit of a daze herself, I think, but she just says that she's glad to see Liz uh, because she has something for her and she was planning to call her about it this weekend. Um uh-huh. So she says that, uh, you know, I know how close you were to Regina and I often think about how dear a friend you were to her and how helpful you were and all this. And they're both a bit sad about Regina for a little while. But um, yeah, she says that she didn't have the strength to go through Regina's things until this past week. And that's when she found, well, yeah, she doesn't say what she found. She's like, it's something mm. I'd like for you to have. And I know Regina would have wanted you to have had something of hers. Yes. So Liz is very touched and says that means so much to me. Yeah. So um yeah, she's uh, Mrs. Raro is going to drop this this thing over her over to Liz tomorrow, and mm. we're told that Elizabeth, uh, whatever it was, she knew she would cherish it. She could hardly wait until the next day when Mrs. Morrow's package would arrive, <gasps> and that's the end of Rockstar's Girl. That's it. Yes, <gasps> can you read us out? What could Regina's mother want Elizabeth to have? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 73, Regina's Legacy. And I actually don't know what she wants her to have because this is one of the very few books I have not read. Ooh, I haven't read this one either, but like I have the copy of it. So Ooh. I know what's on the cover. So I think I know what the, the thing is. Oh, okay. I think the thing is on the cover. I think. Oh, okay, I must investigate. <laughs> find out. I must investigate this thing. This thing. I'm not going to ruin it. No, no. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a very exciting surprise. Oh, you definitely won't be disappointed or let down in any shape or form. No, that's never <laughs> happened to one of these books before. But uh, before we we I, I ponder the exciting uh, mystery gift, do you have stats and outfits? Well, speaking of being disappointed. Ah. <laughs> so the blonde has only got one mention. Like what? I know, criminal. No uh, way. Yeah, the blue green eyes only got two. That, I'm uh, really surprised. I, I genuinely know. thought there'd be more. Me too. And it's yeah, it was annoying because there was a good bit of mention of eyes in general, just like lighting up and brightening and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but no color detail. So that was like you know you can't count it unless the color's there. No. Um, on the plus side, Lila did flip her hair three times, so that was pretty good. Okay, that is good. <laughs> um, and then in terms of outfits not a huge amount now to be honest Jessica grabs a denim jacket on her way out at one point mm. um, and then in terms of full outfit descriptions it's actually the lads uh, more so than anything oh, else do you so, remember Nicholas having quite a yes Nicholas on his boat on the SS implication he is wearing a pair of well faded blue jeans a little worn at the knees and a white cotton polo shirt that showed off his tan <gasps> so that's uh, that's him ready for a bit of murdering on a boat Dennis Reynolds um, on holiday I mean, you know, that's that's uh, that's the look. Mm. Then Jamie Peters uh, out by the pool when the girls are spying on him. He's wearing faded blue jeans and a white cotton shirt unbuttoned just enough to show off a gorgeous tanned chest. (laughs) I know. It's like he just seems impossible to fancy when you just keep thinking like, oh, God, does he have a teenage girlfriend? No, he doesn't. It's okay. The the damage is done. At least he he doesn't. He is unfancyable, however. He does have a big old cheesy head. Very much so, yes. And uh, then when they're in Mata Harry, Lila and Jess, Lila picks up the sleeve of a yellow silk blouse because <gasps> it simply wouldn't be Sweet Valley without at least one silk blouse. I cannot believe I didn't even notice that silk blouse. <laughs> God damn it. I was oh, so... Oh, uh... when you least expect them, yeah. Well, uh, listeners, let us know what you thought of Rockstar's Girl and... <laughs> uh, um, and Lila's marimba career. Is there another sort of marimba that we don't know about? Are we, are we... Like, yeah, I, like, I actually doubted myself and looked up marimba. I was and, like, the same. 
like I know what a marimba looks like and it is what I thought it was. <laughs> so I know. Same I'm here. bamboozled by this stringed African instrument that they keep talking about. Well, let us know what you thought of marimba was, listeners. And we, <laughs> we love hearing from you. You can uh, we we you can contact us, of course, at Twitter at SVH Podcast. And uh, the other uh, the other week we asked you who you thought would play the Sweet Valley Gang from the Muppets, <laughs> and Lazy Leslie Nope gave some incredible suggestions. She said, "Liz and Jess are the twins from Muppet Christmas Carol." Oh my god! <laughs> and the picture she has included is perfect. Of course, I can't. Oh my god! Like of course, Little yes. Piggy twins. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> Lila is Miss Piggy with brown hair, and she oh. has shared a picture of Miss Piggy with brown hair that I've never seen before. Amazing. Bruce is a Link Hogthrob, a pig, of course. <laughs> oh yes, uh, yeah. I think I did see that picture yes. actually and yes was delighted by that because it, it yes perfect and ken <laughs> is one of my own fave muffets rolf oh <laughs> he is lovely <laughs> so uh yeah they were some good uh some some good sweet valley muppeteers <laughs> and uh julianne put a picture of janice and said lila flatface fowler hashtag <laughs> muffets do sweet valley <laughs> There's so much good potential there for something. <laughs> oh, so much potential. And uh, of course, we're also on Instagram um, where people had uh, plenty of things to say. Pippi Ann Shirley uh, has understood our, our childish amusement to misunderstandings over <laughs> the word fanny as it is used on each side of the Atlantic. And um, said that uh, she had an aunt by marriage from Liverpool who would fall over laughing whenever <laughs> anyone mentioned Fanny Packs, I mean us two, or Fanny Bay, a teeny town on Vancouver Island. Amazing. <laughs> um, also on Instagram, Tracy Fox uh, reminded us how we knew Danny Stauffer. Yeah, he was the guy that Jess went like dry humping in the front of the car with the twins at the back. Uh, th- those creepy twins, were they like Ned's business associates? Yes, that they had to babysit. Convoluted or... bullshit. Yeah, she went to the drive-in with Danny and uh, made out with him when the, yeah. <laughs> the two girls were in the back and it was very inappropriate. <laughs> and Neri on Instagram uh, said, oh my glorious gods, I forgot what a basically perfect Sweet Valley High book this is. It's got a brilliant clip show, has the most amazing outfits, the most <laughs> unsubtle yet still fantastic Lila Bruce Villainy and all caps The Kiss oh. and then she rightly says this should have been the start of Sweet Valley's greatest power couple ever screw you Liz and Todd <laughs> think of the glorious love banter the hot birds they could have formed the greatest business merger in Sweet Valley history <laughs> they could have basically started Amazon together turning that humble canning factory into a global <laughs> internet shopping phenomenon complete with fully automated warehouse systems all of Sweet Valley High's biggest computer nerds would be engineering the robot workers Liz oh and Olivia God. would start a campaign against the loss of all those human <laughs> warehouse jobs, but also grappling with the issues of how workers were treated in the warehouses. This, our final statement in all caps, uh, made, makes me want to applaud. This is what Sweet Valley Confidential and the Sweet Life <gasps> should have been. Oh, Neri coming in with the facts. Absolutely. 100% agree. So, so true. <laughs> <sighs> Well, listeners, I don't know if Rockstar's Girl will inspire anybody to such glorious heights, but if it does, <laughs> get onto us at Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. 
And of course, you can find us on Instagram at SVH Podcast, where as ever, uh, Karen has been doing sterling work with her design skills. And <laughs> for those of you who haven't signed up to Pi Beta Alpha yet, you can see some <laughs> quite spectacular fan art. <laughs> Only word to describe it. But Lila things, feared. Things, things I was or, doing when I should have been working. <laughs> that, well, that Lila has has uh, has has sort of taken center stage in some of these images, as as she should. As is right. Yeah. If you want to see what Gold Fowler looks like, and believe me, you do. <laughs> you can see her in all her glory in uh, SVH podcast on Instagram. And of course, you can join us in Pi Beta Alpha, um, where we discuss the Sweet Valley High TV series by signing up to Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcasts.com for as little as five euros a month. Um, and we will see our Pi Beta Alpha crew in the clubhouse next week um, when... Uh, you're going to want to listen to this, listeners, because, you know, we've talked about Enid Rollins being hopped up on Benny's. <laughs> well, do you want to see her being hopped up on Benny's? I mean, how could you not? Technically, she isn't hopped up on Benny's. She smokes a yeah. single joint. But still, it is secrets. And it absolutely is. <laughs> it takes some liberties with the book, but it's kind of got some of the basic beats there. That's true. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's a fairly, a pretty good take on it, I would mm. say. Yeah. Well, that's what we'll be discussing in the uh, in the clubhouse next week. So we will see you there, Pi Beta Alpha members. Uh, don't take any speed before then. And <laughs> we will see everybody in two weeks when we find out what happens when Elizabeth Wakefield receives <gasps> Regina's legacy. Oh, damn. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.